So what comes to mind when you think of a sister? Come on. Two sisters back together. A best friend. An opinionated best friend. <laughs> this is Sister Sister the Podcast. A sister who always thinks she's the boss. That sister that you start a conversation saying, bitch. Guess what? You're listening to Sister Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. And we're back. Yes, we are. Your favorite hermanas. Sister Sister, the podcast. Susie. In full effect. Rocking her not today Karen shirt because not today, today is just not the day. No day is the day. <laughs> I feel bad for women that actually have the name Karen. Or Susan. And, and or Susan. Because they always say like the Susan haircut. Like I want to speak to your manager. Oh yeah. Like the Susan haircut. <laughs> hey and listen today is actually the last episode of season three. Oh my god, why are we drinking water and not champagne? Well, listen, we're we wrapping up season three. Can you believe that already? Actually, I can't because we're fucking dope, bitch. And you know what? It's all about in anything in life. What I've learned is it's all about consistency. The only way you really grow something is by being consistent. Duh. You want a bigger ass? Do consistent squats. You want Duh. a tinier waist? Fuck it. Go get like go see Dr. Boris. <laughs> I have a quick solution for that. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we're starting with a highlight or a rant. Yes. Who's going first? I think last week you went first, right? You were Yes, ranting. I went first with your patas chucas. <laughs> <laughs> ranting with me wiping my feet with Clorox wipes. Um, okay, so I have a rant today. I have a rant and I have a highlight. I have a highlight. My highlight is I finally finished remodeling my patio. Did you like oh. it, sis? Um, of course I liked it because half of it was my idea. Oh, God, of course Susie's going to try to take the credit for it. Of course. No, I won't. You paid for it all by yourself. <laughs> but the design idea was mine. No, so I... Tell the people. Listen, I want... Say it. Say what? The, des- the design idea was Susie, mine. the design idea, I got it off of Pinterest. The flooring idea was mine. The flooring idea was actually fucking mine. I'm the only one that went oh to Lowe's. Oh my gosh. I went to fake Lowe's. Fake news. You were, were coffee and this is fake news. You were not there <laughs> as I was at Lowe's picking it out. But no, I did have you in mind. Um, Thank you. I decided so to I'm not right. go with the pro- the epoxy that's gonna it was gonna be shiny, and I'm like that's gonna look weird. Anyways, you did not think that you're lying. No, no, my dad you thought it was so cute. I did until I talked to my dad. And my dad's like, mijita, eventually the poxy, it's going to start chipping. It's not going to be shiny and you're going to have wasted your money. And that's all he had to say. And I was like, you know what, daddy? Tiene razón. Maybe if I would have told you in Spanish, you would have listened to me. (laughs) Okay, but my rant is, oh my God, I got to give no props to the sisters that are out there. And the reason I wanted to rant about this is because I went to look at my nails done the other day. I actually took my nails off for a month. I'm letting them breathe. I'm shook. I I feel so weird with these fucking nubs on, (laughs) but I just needed to let them breathe. Right. So I'm there. And you know, the the nail salon is like the hair salon. Wait, I have news for you. What? Your actual nail is still covered with an object. Therefore, your nail is not breathing. Yeah, it's covered with gel because if I would have not put anything on them, they are so weak and flimsy that they needed to have gel on them. Awevel. It had to be done. Awevel. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, the nail salon is like the hair salon and we yes. just be talking. They right? spill the and, tea, honey. Anyways, one of the girls there was talking about how her, she's like, it, it, she was talking about her sister and it was, I was like, okay, like, but then I was like, this is going to go bad real quick because I could just tell in the tone of her voice that she was like, oh, my Did God. Did she feel inspired to talk about her sister because you have a podcast with your sister? 
I, I think or I was, she's just I was talking to my nail tech about something about us or I don't oh we that that I was babysitting and that you and my mom showed up and that you and she's like oh my god those potatoes your sister was making and I was saying something a lot along the lines about you know I always talk to everybody about our podcast but I think I was telling her they're like man you guys are like really like you guys really get along in real life and I'm like Oh well, people, yeah! We, people think we just do it for the gram. I think so. we just do it for the show. I guess because a lot of no, people. No, bitch. If do. we really didn't get along, we would probably kill each other. Yeah. No, but the thing is, since a lot of people are like that and they front, they probably think like, I don't know what they think. But, anyways, this girl proceeded to tell me that her and her sister are not talking at the moment, and I said, "Why?" And she goes, "Because my sister has this tendency of remaining friends with my ex." She's like telling me that. Her ex moved back to where the state he lived and he came back to grab some stuff from the house that they share together. Right. Her How long sis- were they together? They were together for a while. I think they were together for like, I want to say like three, four years. Mm-hmm. Her and her ex. Right. So uh, she goes home one day. Um, you know, it's her home. She shares her, this home with her sister and her man. Right. The sister's man. Mm-hmm. And she's like walks in and she sees her sister her sister's man and her ex just chilling, having drinks together. And she's like, in my house, in their, in the house that she lives in with her sister. And she's like, it would have been fucking nice if somebody would have told me that this fool's here. She's like, what if I wasn't in the right mental state to see this? What if I would have walked in with another dude? Like, and and I said, so what you walk in with another dude, but I'm on board with the whole mental state. Like, give me a heads up. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is like, who does that to their sister? It's kind of like, if you divorce somebody, I divorce them too. Like, why am I going to sit there? I guess I don't fully understand it because even though I divorced him, he was always everywhere. And you guys remain friendly with him. But we ain't besties. No, no, no. We ain't having drinks. But he, like, the times that we have all gone out together because we're celebrating something for Robert. I mean, you guys sit there and and chat and laugh and, like, because he's just been, he was part of my life for so long. So, So it never bothered me, I guess. Yeah. But I was never ambushed either. That's absolutely and I would probably be fucking upset if you and I shared a house and I walked in and there he is. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't know. To me, that's kind of like just like there's girl code, there's sister code, too. Listen, what is my code? Like, and I'm I'm more true than you are. And what you don't like them? I don't don't, like them. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like if you don't like them, if we're having dinner together, they will see a stank face and they will not hear me speak to them. Yeah. No, so That's to me, me, I just I'm not petty. That's just me. <laughs> I want to rant on on the sisters that that just um don't follow the the sister code. You know what I mean? It's like having a sister be like, "Hey sis, make sure you don't go tell my mom this." Like it should be an automatic code unless you're really in danger. Right. Unless you're really in danger. Like That's a good thea code too. Yeah. You can tell me anything, but if you're if in any way you're in danger, you I'm going to go tell your parents. I'm going to tell your parents. And I'm the one that determines if you're safe or not. Yeah, you know exactly. So my rat. So, but let me ask you, has she had this? Has she talked to her sister about it? Or she's talking about her sister to anybody that will listen? Well, it she was talking about her sister. I feel like she was venting with us. The There was four people in the nail salon at that time. But she hasn't talked to her sister because they're not talking to each other because of that. Because of this incident? Because of that incident and because of past incidents, I guess the sister that has a tendency of remaining friends with her exes and having like group chats with them on their cell phones. And she's like, it really bothers me. And I've told her it really bothers me. And she gives no fuck. Okay, so the sister does know. The sister knows. And she just doesn't care. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just want to rant on sisters that like, where is your loyalty at, man? 
for reals. But yeah. then again, there are those sisters that'll go fuck your husband. Exactly. Oh then God. That. Then there's that. That's a whole nother level that's of disloyalty. Whole, and uh, that I feel honestly, honestly, I feel that starts at the top. If mom and dad didn't teach you how to love your siblings like that, like the right way, unconditionally, um, to respect each other, to value each other, to be ha- to have friendships with your siblings. If mom and dad didn't teach you that, that's that's where it ends and where it starts or where yeah. it starts and where it ends, you know. But usually mom and dad didn't teach you that because nobody taught them that. I mean, it's in, and sometimes you think about it as like, does that really need to be taught? Like, I mean, damn. Well, look at how many broken relationships there are between siblings, because there's always going to be. If you're not taught how to value and respect each other and to protect each other. And that was those three things were something that my dad instilled in us so, so much. My dad would not hesitate to go outside where we were playing. Snatch you up. Snatch you whoever. No, I never got snatched up like that. Oh, God. No. Shut up. You got snatched up from the streets so much. Me and my brother, me and Joe would get our ass whooped by our dad all the time. You know, like. He would just snap that cinchal and we were like, oh, shit. You know, yeah. it, sometimes he wouldn't even spank us, but just snapping it. We were like and he would just be like, don't act like everything is all good inside when and come out here and be a two face with the neighbors. Yeah. You go inside, you make shit right. And then you come outside and play. Yeah. He and his, we were like his biggest thing was you cannot have friends like he would not allow us to have friends. If you cannot be friends with your siblings. Yeah. Period. Period. And we were never um, at home. We were never instigated to like be jealous of each other. So, for example, there was three of us. Yeah. Right. Just because it was your birthday, that doesn't mean me and Joe got presents. And there's people that do that because they don't want the other kids to feel jealous. What? So then if you teach, your you kids know, parents that, that do that. Yes, absolutely. I do. And if you teach your kids that the minute that the other one wins when they grow up and the other two don't win, for example, those two are going to be jealous because they've been conditioned their whole life to we all win. And that's not really the truth. We were never taught to be jealous of each other. We were taught to champion each other, support each other, love each other, respect each other, protect each other. Like, yeah, period. Yeah. So but that was something that just was so important at home. So it's natural for us. But yeah, imagine to me, if you had really a chismosa natural. mom that was like, oh, my God, look at her. Wow. Que se cree. And all you heard was that about your big sister. You would hate her. And there's moms like, yes, that, there huh? is. There's moms that legit like compete with their daughters. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many women listening to our podcast right now could legit hey, DM us. If you do could legit say like my mom competes with me. Yeah. And and I think that I could see that happening. I'm not I don't think it's okay by any means, but I'm saying I could see that happening more with like mothers that had their kids at like a really young age. Right? Well, my mom had me at 18, pregnant at 17, had no, me but at my 18. mom was like, "I'm your fucking mom." Shit. They but my mom no- was naive too. Like my mom, she didn't have no street smarts. Yeah. Like different, totally different upbringing. But still, it is true. Or or they cross that line and then they're the homie. So there's no yep. respect there, you know? So yeah. anyhow, too bad for this girl that, that, uh, has a shitty ass sister. Exactly. I, I, I hope like, they could talk it out because talking about her isn't solving the matter. It's either. not, it's not. So that's my rant of the week. Well, my rant of the week is very sad. What? And I hadn't wanted to have talked about this, but I felt like it was appropriate for the actual topic of the podcast. Okay. I can't guarantee that, that I'm going to get through this without crying, but... Oh, Lord. There I go. Oh, my gosh. 
Susie's having a moment, a moment of emotion. I cannot talk about this without crying. Okay, and what? Even I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place about it. But still, um, Robert moved out. I know. We've been going through this. Robert moved out. Ugh. He didn't go far. But I just felt it was important to talk about it today because, first of all, I get so many DMs. Um, congratulating I would say my relationship with him right because it's pretty good it's pretty solid but and, and so this I want people to understand like even though you have a good relationship with your kids even though you did your very best raising them even though um, your communication is open with them even though all those things they still grow up and still have to go and do their thing so he's been gone for four weeks it was four weeks this Sunday but who's counting <laughs> yeah yeah you are definitely um, and he went actually to go stay with his dad so he's 19 years old um and he said that he wanted to go stay with his dad because he's never lived with his dad which he lived with him up until six years old and then he went to go visit with him every other weekend but i i don't I, I cannot say that I understand his longing for that because I grew up with two parents in my house. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know what it's like to wake up and not have my dad there. So yeah, we don't. he said that, you know, he wanted to go live with his dad because he wanted to see what that was going to be like. He felt like there are some things that he needs to learn in life from his dad. Um, and, and of course, my first reaction was like, yes, you did. And he was like, mom, seriously, we were six when you rolled out and took yeah. me with you. And I was like, okay, that's fair. You're right. He's like, I only remember like living with you and then living with you and Mel, you know, he's like, and I love you and I love Mel and I love what you guys provided for me. He's like, but I, this is something I feel I need to do. And I would be a liar if I said it, that did not hurt my feelings because it super duper hurt my feelings. Um, but then I talked it out. I cried it out and, um, I put myself in his shoes. Like, I try to empathize with his, where he was. With like, his yearning. Of, yeah, I don't know what that's like. And I, and, and I was like, okay, Susana, like, if, if you came this far without tainting that relationship, without making him um, feel some kind of way about his dad, like this Because a not, lot of women do. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. And I told myself, like, this is not the time to start that. Like, yeah. let him go. You ha he, And so I called my dad, you know, because my dad... I feel he's very neutral all yeah, the time. He is. Like he doesn't get super emotional. Um, and he's a man and he's lived through it because we all moved out on him, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking um, and seeing you cry and going through it. I'm like, damn, that's probably what my dad, cause I was living with my dad when I moved out at 19. I know. Same age as Robert. I moved out at 18 and, and my dad didn't stop me either. So yeah. all those things came to mind. So for me, like, um, I, I group text you and Joe and, yeah. and my mom, but I actually called my dad cause I felt like my mom's energy was going to be just a little bit too much for me at the moment because I didn't want to talk too much. And my dad's not like a huge talker, you know, or he doesn't ask a ton of questions, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he just told, he just reminded me, he was like, look, two things. Number one, he's a, he's a man. You're not, there are things that he needs to learn from him, from his father, from his biological father. He's Good either going to learn what he likes or he's, oh, he's either going to learn what he wants to be more like or what he doesn't want to be right. more like basically that's what my dad it's said it's like one or the other he was like he's gonna learn something from him good or bad and that's for that's his journey and you just like i stood out of your way 
and I let you do it, even though I didn't agree with you, even though I knew you were making a mistake, even though I knew you were leaving for the wrong reasons, I still let you be. You yeah, know? my dad always let us be. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So when I talked to Robert again, I said, okay, look, I said, I can't stop you. I literally can't stop you. You're 19 years old. You can move out by yourself with your girlfriend, with your dad. Like you can do these things. And I have no leg to stand on. You know, I said, um, but like my house is not a revolving door. Like we need to understand this. If, yeah. if shit doesn't work out with your dad, my house is not going to be where you run back to. And then cuando se te ronca la gana, you're going to leave again. And like, we're not doing that either. You and know? some parents are suckers like that. Yeah. Because and I can see why. Because you miss them. Yeah. You know, and they want to make sure they're good. Because it's like if he leaves his dad, like, oh, my God, is my son going to be homeless? Like, yeah. Can he def- can he afford to get an apartment on his own? But that's really where you learn responsibility. Yeah. And you man up and you man up. Mm-hmm. So there's been a few things this past month. And obviously, like his dad's a bachelor, you know, mm. his dad's a bachelor. My home was more, it was a family home. Like we have a family functioning home that way. Um, and his dad's a complete bachelor. So I was like, okay, I do believe that you do maybe long for that. But I also know because I was 19. Yeah. That the you liberty. also want the liberty that comes with having a parent that is living his own bachelor life. You know, then Robert gets to do his own yeah. damn life with his little girlfriend that he has. And so there's, uh, there's a few things that have transpired these past four weeks that definitely would not have happened hmm. if he was at my house. Um, and that for me has been so challenging because mm. what I want to do is I want to pick up the phone and call him and scream at him and call his dad and scream at him. But then I'm like, okay, stupid. Like that's not your place. That's not even your place. You really have no, you really have nothing to say, you know? So I've used my resources. I've called them. I've credited out with them. I Mel. Oh my God. Mel's a saint. And Mel is my sounding board, you know? Um, and then I've been able to calmly express myself to Robert because one thing I said to him was like, look, I, you may not live in my house anymore, but I will, I'm not going to cease being your mom. You are only 19 years old. And I know to you that feels like, whoa, I'm a man and I got this and I'm working and I'm independent. But I know that you are only 19 and you have so yeah. much to learn, son. And some of that I could still guide you through it. And some of that you will have to learn on your own. And I have to be okay with that. I said, but anytime that I bring something to your attention, like I don't want it to be an argument. I want us to be able to talk about it with the full understanding that, You'll take what you like and you won't and you will leave the rest, you know, like to say, if I could apply it to myself, I could apply it to him. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still mom. It's just like, I feel like the transition for you that you're going through right now is like before when he lived under your roof and it was like your rules. It's like he had to listen. You know what I mean? And maybe you missed that a little bit because it's a lot of bit. It's legit. Like you being absolutely powerless over the situation. You have no power over it. And that doesn't mean you're not his mom and that doesn't mean he's not going to respect you. But it what it means is you might tell him something and it might go in when you're not the other. Mm-hmm. And he's going to he's going to figure it out on his own. I'm tell- when I tell you that 2020 has been a year of complete discomfort Ugh. and stretching for me and opposite behavior every fucking way that I look, I have to practice opposite behavior. That should have been my word of the year. Opposite. The if phrase. I would have known that. <laughs> 2020 was going to be like this for me. I probably would have had an anxiety attack on January 1st. I'm glad I didn't know, actually. Yeah. But and I'm so happy that I know how to stay grounded and I know how to stay in my place of sanity 
that I don't react. Like I don't act on my impulses to call and bitch them out, to cuss them out, to isolate them. Cause that's exactly what I would be doing. Right. If I act that way, um, with both of the kids. So anyways, that's my rant. My baby moved out. Oh my god. We're completely gosh. empty nesters at my house and it's been very emotional for sure. 2020 but extremely over the top emotional four weeks for me these last four weeks and even so though i can still see the silver lining you yeah. know like i told mel this is weird because that house is quiet yeah you know like this is weird the only one making noise is fonzie <laughs> yeah seriously he's, he's the only one that really loves us because he's not going anywhere but i tell mel like this is weird because it's just me and you but it's really fucking cool because it's just me and you. Yeah. Like I'm only 43 years old and we no longer have the physical responsibility of kids in our house. Like they are now out figuring life out for themselves and, and we interject as needed, but we also give them dignity, you know? Yeah. Um, and thank God you married somebody that you actually, you know, like, yes. You know what I mean? Because there's people that I feel like there's a lot of couples uh, and we know a few uh -huh. uh, empty that they go into the empty nester phase of life. And then they realize that they when they've been other? married, you know, 10, 12, 20, 25 years, like, yo, I don't even like this yeah. man. And you have to fake the funk. And this is why some of those marriages of 21, 25 yeah. years end up being divorced because yeah. they realize the only thing that was holding us together and distracting us was our kids. Right. Now that the kids are out. I can't fucking stand you. Mm -hmm. And, you that's know, sad. people will judge like, man, 25 years. Why don't you just stick it out? But that's why I always say you got to like the person that you're with. Like, I, I know Absolutely. love is like a whole nother emotion. But how about we start at liking? Yeah. Like, I, wa I want to like you first. Because you can literally, I'm sure everybody listening right now could think of one person that they love, but don't like. Yeah. I, I know I could tell you one person right now in my own head. That I love them, but I don't like them. I've learned so much about myself and like relationships in 2020 as far as like, like that, that I, I didn't think like that before. You know, like I need to like this man before I could even love him mm -hmm. because, you know, because that's a homie. That's a homie. Yes. You know and what that's I mean? The, that's if nothing else, people listening to this that are not in relationships or that are in new relationships, I hope they grasp that as they continue to listen to these episodes, how important it is to have a solid foundation as friends first. Yes. Um, and then, cause everything will go from that because if you have good fertile soil, right. Then beautiful things will go from that. And like I was telling him, I was like, this is super weird because it's just me and you. I still feel hella young. I feel that you I are. look really young. But I'm at a point again in my life which then it gets exciting. And a, like a little part of me for a minute felt guilty for even feeling excited. But bitch, I'm literally at a point in my life again where I can reinvent myself again, again. if I want to. or And I am because I want to, because I can, because I did such a hell of a good job raising my boy. Yeah. Like I, I gave him all of me, even when I had you did. nothing to give. Like I reached into the abyss. Of, yeah, uh, to give him, you know, and I was present and, and I, I just did my very best um, and I, I did good. So now I'm only 43, bitch, and I could literally pour that same energy into myself, yep, into, into my businesses, into my marriage. Like, bro. So for a minute, I was like feeling guilty for being excited that 
that's my reality now and that's a possibility. But then I was like, no, bitch, I fucking earned this. Yeah. Like I have been you did a great through job the mud. Raising Robert. And I think you need to always marinate on that. Like even if he's on his own, even if he's being exposed and even if his father you know, does things opposite of you. I think your voice and the the stuff that you've instilled in him throughout the many, many years, it's always going to come up. I mean, unless get Robert's a pendeje, but I don't think he has the capability of that. I think yeah, that I don't think so. Those those real teachings in life, you're, you're always going to be Robert's a lot like us in our family. You know, you know? he told me when when he was leaving because I didn't I literally did not want to let him go because uh. I was hugging him when he was leaving that Sunday. Um, and I was bawling and he was like, he grabbed me by my shoulders and he was like, mom, he was like, I'm gonna be okay. He's like, you have to trust yourself. And I was like, crying some more. And he was like, you have to trust yourself that you did good with me. You know, he's like, but I have to go and be me. Like I have to grow up and it's true. But it sucks, yeah. bitch, because it's like I blinked and he became oh, a man. And I'm like, gosh. wait. And then for a minute, with all the moms listening, they'll understand this. And one day you will understand this, too. For a minute. Like, I remember when Robert first told me. He gave me a three-week notice that he was leaving. Um, I was right away with Mel that night. I was like, oh, my gosh. I should have worked less. I shouldn't have been so hard on him these times. I should have not been so demanding with him these other times. We shouldn't have spent so much time in sports. Just like... All these railroading shit. myself because I felt guilty because I felt like my time with him was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. So I started to immediately guilt myself. Mom guilt myself to death. And Mel was like, stop. He was like, you were a dope mom. Yeah, he was you like, are. You were there for everything at every time. He's like, and you're his mom, not his friend. You were you there had for to be every hard on single him. football Sometimes. game. You never missed the football game. I didn't miss anything from kindergarten to senior year. Anything. Traveling, whether it included traveling. It, I was there for everything. Like your schedule, I was present. your schedule was always made around Robert's football schedule. Yeah. I remember that. So now the hard part is watching the boys be adults um, and then not necessarily agreeing with everybody there. He especially is surrounding himself with. Yeah. Like that's when I just I literally find myself praying like at two o'clock in the morning. I wake up and if Robert <laughs> comes to my mind. Um, I just start to pray and pray and pray and it helps me go back to sleep. But I'm like, okay, I did the same thing. Like now you could relate to my mom so much oh more, right? Like gosh. being the mother of adult. Let me well, tell you something. That saying that they say you won't understand this and it's so cliche and I hated but when a lot my of mom cliche would tell me this. Shit, it's true. But my mom would always say in her little sad voice, you won't understand this until you become a mom of your own. And now I have said that a million times to both of them. Yeah. Like you guys won't get this. Honestly, like I may sound like a broken record, but I promise you, you won't understand everything I'm saying when you guys become parents of your own. And I'm like, oh, God, Cecilia, (laughs) was that you? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, those were some long rants and highlights. Want me to tell you the saddest part, though? What? Well, for me and probably because I know his heart. But when Robert was leaving, Robert Mel was real quiet because his dad came to help him move, you know, and, and Mel let them and Mel was real quiet. So when, when Robert was leaving, um, Mel, he was real quiet and Mel's not quiet guy. You know, Mel's a joke. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, he is. And, uh, he loves fucking joking yeah. around with me. So Robert was like, um, all right, Mel, you know, like, I'll like be what do you say? You. And then Mel was like, he started to cry immediately. And he was Mel like, did? yeah. And he was like, you know what? He's like, I really love you, Rob. He calls him brother Rob. He's like, I, I hope that I've been able that you've been able to learn something from me for the, these past ten years that we've lived in the same house. 
He's like, oh. don't forget me. And I was like, oh, I was already crying. And then I just God. lost my shit more because he literally loves my son, my son as if it was his own. And he didn't have to. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, Mel's been a great stepfather. He's, oh, amazing. You know, he's taught Robert how to hustle, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's He's been able to work for his business. I mean, listen, sis, have no doubt that you've done an amazing job raising yeah. Robert. But hey, let, let me be honest with you. Did this moment at all ever like throughout the guilt and the and those all those thoughts that came to your mind? Did you ever for a moment think to yourself, damn, I should have had more kids? No. Or no. 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 You no. never felt like I don't want to go. This is literally heartbreaking. Like so imagine people, going through that only, three times no, or four times with your no. kids. You know, well, when Jamal moved out, even though I'm not his biological mother, I'm invested in Jamal and yeah. I've been his mom. So when he moved out, he t- also took me by surprise and I was devastated. And then when Robert moved out, so I experienced it twice. Like it's if you've only had your heart broken by a man, that hurts. It's a different type of heartbreak than when your oh, kids damn. break your heart. And and they didn't break my heart because they were bad kids. It just broke my heart because life evolved and they did the next natural thing which was move out you know hey, and imagine those moms that go through this type of heartbreak because their kids are incarcerated no that's a different type of, that's a different type of heartbreak because they're going away yeah but they're not going away to you know to live on their own to explore they're going away for like let's just say 25 yeah. to life and and that's oh my god Let that's a, that's a whole nother type of heartbreak can you a disappointing no. heartbreak i mean gosh you're think about that you're you're a heartbreak from your child just hits differently because this is your kid, like your baby. You grew him. You every little milestone from wee little teeny little thing to this man, you were there and you yeah. celebrated and you cheered him on and you would just invest so, so much and you sacrifice a lot too. for them one day to be like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And it's just like, what yeah slappy oh in my gosh. face but i'm proud of them i'm proud of robert he's 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 doing well you yeah. know and so i pray for him so all you moms out there that are experiencing this or you're struggling with this and you're isolating your children because you're insisting that they stay or you're silent treating them or you're giving them ultimatums don't do that yeah don't i was do gonna that. say like pray it out talk to somebody but don't isolate your kids because even though they think they're grown and they're out there doing the damn thing they still need us i was gonna say imagine the moms that go through this that um they their boys or their girls leave on bad terms like i can't imagine imagine it's a heartbreak because your kid leaves but i think it's a choice and it's just like you're doing it because they can't release that control and they're like you're gonna leave and they do guilt trip them i am positive there's moms listening to this that do that so Mm -hmm. Listen to Susie's advice on this episode. Like, seriously, thank you for opening your heart, Susie. I I love that about you. Um, and I love how you're so comfortable talking about those things on the mic now. You know, before I would have never imagined you opening up so, like, freely. And now you're like, the mic is my this homie. This how we do it. What now. up, homie? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> listen, coming back, those were some long highlights and I rants. Know. But you know what? They were beautiful. So it's Sorry, okay. Sorry, It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, coming back... Um, we got to talk about a few things, man. We got to talk about Vanessa Bryant's mom. Okay, Otra. you know what? You want to talk about some toxicity right there? And also, toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. What exactly does that mean? 
You're listening to Sister Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. All right, but what's really going on with Vanessa Bryant's mom? I cannot. I, I cannot. You know, I listen. The whole world to this moment is mourning January 26th, the day that we lost a true, true motherfucking legend, Kobe Bryant, right? Like, and imagine how she feels. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You took it super Ugh. hard. Imagine how she feels, because not only did the world lose a legend, she lost her baby. Oh, my okay? God. Like, Let's start there. We don't even wish that pain upon anybody. I mean, our, Ever. our brother. On my worst enemy our brother lost a kid at when he was 21 and we saw our brother go through that it was awful and it was literally that was probably of all the dumb shit that has ever happened to me in my life that which was didn't happen to me directly was probably the worst Ugh. that has ever that i've ever had to experience yo and imagine she not so there's people that have lost kids mm-hmm. she lost the love of her life mm-hmm. you know and we know the kind of relationship they had like you know publicly at least it was mm-hmm. it wasn't peaches and cream it was it was a marriage it was a marriage up and and she lost her kid and now her mom has, so what happened here so like, what 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 possessed this lady to go to a gossip show El and Gordo talk la about Plata. her daughter like and shame shows. on them Shame on El Gordo de la Flaca because fuck your ratings that you would exploit this woman's pain by bringing her mother on and doing an unnecessary interview. Fuck you for exploiting that pain. And Seriously. you know what's crazy? After watching that, it's, it's funny. I was actually on my Snapchat. I, usually when I go on Snapchat, I go just to post. I don't really go explore um, the explore page because mm-hmm. there's an explore page on Snapchat. Um, and I, I, my, my finger happened to like swipe to the right. And I just like the first okay, thing I this saw, is not Tinder. No, the first thing I saw was, um, exclusiva con la mamá de Vanessa Bryant. And I saw like her crying and she gave me, and I looked at it and she rem- reminded me of Yolanda Salivar. Oh my gosh, me too. I was like, first of all, have you ever seen photos of her when she was out with them? So done up. Elegant. Always her hair done and her makeup done. This lady right here. It's like a she with a hot fucking mess. So, so to me, obviously, there's more to this story. We don't know, but it, what I what it what's sad to me, everything about the story is sad. But what's sad to me is that Kobe, when he was alive, they were never in gossip. Like there was never gossip besides his whole incident with you know with. There was some gossip, but, but it, it wasn't it, a lot. But it, it it mostly circled around, like revolved around him, his family. Like the beef with his parents was very well known. Um, I don't remember reading anything like mega negative between him and his sisters. Um, but I do remember Kobe Bryant one day. He was very much a believer, as it should be, that his sisters should be independent and able to care for themselves because they were not his responsibility. They weren't exactly, and and just and like he made like he was vocal about that, and just like Vanessa's mom isn't their responsibility, but Kobe but was kind enough, her. and they've been maintaining this lady for the last twenty years. So mm-hmm. I just I tapped on that story, and she sat down with El Gordo de Flaca, gave them an exclusive interview. I wish you and guys let me could tell you hear something. my eye roll. Go look it up. I'll go look it up on YouTube. I did go to the Instagram of El Gordo de la Flaca, and it's there. But what what I didn't like and is, is usually it's kind of like when somebody says like, look, I don't mean to be rude, but bitch, you're right. about to be rude. Exactly. I That's exactly wa- what you mean to do. Yeah. I don't want to lie to you, but bitch, you're about to lie. So they're like, queremos clarificar. 
de que la mamá de Vanessa Bryant no fue pagada para esa entrevista. So sure. to me, they paid her. I want to say they paid her, right? Like who? I, How I else could, could you be not, such a sellout like, that you throw your kid under the bus like that, knowing the pain that she's going through? Hasn't even been one solid year that she lost her daughter, which is irreplaceable. You can replace a husband. It may take some time to get over that pain, but you can get another oh my husband. God. You could never, ever, ever, even if you have 10,000 more kids, ever replace that little girl. That so, being. Oh, my God. It just so t totally inconsiderate. So what happens is she's saying, I guess what happens is that... Um, I, what I what, what they said on the on this article or this report was they were saying that every time Natalia, which is the oldest daughter, went to the grandma's house, which Kobe had her set up really nice in a house in Irvine, you know, and a car yeah, and a car. It wasn't in her name, but he had her set up nice. Right. And he told her she said that Kobe always told her that she would never be desamparada. Like, right. I'm going to always take care of you. He, he gives me that vibe that yep. he he loved his wife and he took care of the mom, mm -hmm. which he didn't have to. Absolutely not. He just did. And neither does Vanessa. Correct. For the record. Exactly. And so I guess what was happening is that every time Natalia went to visit the grandma, she was saying that every time she would come down the stairs, she would see images of Kobe and Gigi. And it was like freaking her out. So Vanessa, this is what the report said. Vanessa was like, what do we do about that? You know what? We're going to sell your house, mom. So you got to move. Mm -hmm. Which it's their property. Mm -hmm. She can do whatever she wants with that house. Mm -hmm. Right. So she's like, she kicked me out. And then she took my car. So Vanessa's whole team, I told, I sent you the statement mm -hmm. that she released. She's saying, like, she, first of all, like, the fact that she has to even, right now she's in the middle of suing the LAPD in fear. Yes, that, and the helicopter company. And the helicopter company in fear that these horrific images may be leaked. She's suing. Like, she's going LA through County, a lot. Um, is it the sheriff or the PD? Yeah, the sheriff. She's suing the helicopter company. She's establishing... Or growing um, the Mamba organization to include Gigi now too, right? In yep. honor of Gigi. Plus, she's raising three daughters. Still mourning, and and I'm gonna imagine in excruciating pain oh. when she's alone by herself, be it with the loss of her husband and her daughter, and now this bullshit from my her mother, mom, her mom. It, I mean, from the outside looking in. It would make sense to me that once Kobe dies, because she's Vanessa's the successor, she it wasn't her money. So once Kobe died, those funds and all that legality stuff has to be established. So it makes sense that they would have to liquidate those things and then reestablish them later on when that money is actually all of Vanessa's, right? Like somebody doesn't just die and you inherit $600 million and it's just like, oh, okay, let me change my pin number. It's not yeah. that easy. It's a process, right? And obviously, you know, her mom's never had this kind of money or doesn't live this life as much as Vanessa did. She was taken care of but, for the last 20 years. Right. But who the fuck gives you the right to come up in here? Mm. And who knows what she was doing? Maybe she was questioning Vanessa about the finances. Adding, what adding to her stress. Uh. You know, like... I'm gonna tell you what, like maybe I'm, 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 I'm special, but when Robert moved out, I didn't want to talk in depth to Im anybody that was going to ask me a million questions. Your son and your husband. No. How, how would you be? You? Would you be approachable? No. You'd if, be like, fuck everybody. If, 
if uh. God forbid, let me knock on a million pieces of wood, something like that would ever happen to me, I would not speak to anybody. And I would tell everybody that made me want to talk or what have you to kick rocks. I don't give a fuck if it's you, my mom, my dad, Joe. If I'm not ready to talk to you, leave me alone. Just yeah. leave me alone. And this lady, just from what I've been reading about her, sounds like a little money motivated. She does. You know, and her ex-husband has an opinion about that as well. If that's facts, shame How on sad. her. Let your little girl mourn and feel the loss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I... That's disgusting. It's, it's really sad. So Vanessa went on and said that her mom hasn't been there for her and her daughters emotionally. And so I don't know. Obvious to me, this is money motivated. We I mean, we're never going to know the whole truth, obviously, either. But there's a reason why Vanessa and, and she's the one that is, you know, continuing the legacy of Kobe in her own way with his daughters. I mean, I was on her Instagram today and she was like going through all his his keepsakes and you know, imagine what she feels pulling that out. Like imagine the breakdowns she has. Mm -mm. Like imagine, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, Vanessa, like when Kobe said has got to be the strongest, like she's one of the strongest mm -hmm. people that I know she is. Uh, but on top of that, your mom went behind your back, betrayed you. And now everybody knows. And, and she, she literally said my, that, that, and the mom admitted that apartment that she's living in, is paid up until March 2021. So she's still supporting her mom. And she said, my mom legit emptied out that apartment, took off all her diamonds to make it look like I'm not supporting her. The whole statement, I'm sure, was yeah, translated from English and Spanish because El Gordera Flaca, they posted the statement in Spanish. But she's like, my mom made herself look like that. But like she's taken care of. You know, but but imagine what this is going to do to their relationship. But even you, if she's not like, I'm going to tell you what she's not her responsibility. It is not, I do not have to share any of my finances or my wealth that I grow with anybody. If I don't want to, I don't. You don't. Not my mom, not my dad. I don't. And people that might piss people off because like, I, oh, my God, come on, la la Susie. I'm not saying that I won't, but. If my mom or my dad, if I feel that I'm being used because of my money, guess what? I it's will be a not problem. help that that person, you know, not my kids, not my parents. I was reading comments on something Vanessa posted. I thought it was cute. So I was scrolling through comments um, and they're all you, you see it already. Oh, God. oh, I really liked Vanessa until I saw how she treated her mom. Oh, God. Oh, and because it's her mom, then she's a saint. Like mom didn't get it wrong. Mom didn't betray Vanessa. Mom's not the one dealing with this immense loss. Show her Vanessa some grace. She just lost a whole lot. And just because she gained a lot of money and her net worth went up doesn't mean she will give up every one of those cents. I Absolutely. guarantee you. And more to get back what she lost. You oh, know, for sure. Like show her some grace, Sophie or Sophia, whatever the mom's name is. That's to me, that's sh that's shameful. The lowest of the low, man. So anyways, I just continue to send good vibes to Vanessa. And I think not only is she mourning the loss of her daughter and her husband, but now she's the mourning loss the mom. loss of the relationship with her mom. And from what I I mean, and they've always been private, which that's why they live in Newport Beach, because mm -hmm. they're way the fuck away from L.A. and the paparazzi. And you don't ever really see her get caught with the paparazzi. 
they did that intentionally. But to know that the woman that brought you and, you know, she's a girl mom. So mm-hmm. she knows what it is to have a relationship and to be a girl mom. That's all she ever had. Mm-hmm. But to to mourn the loss of not only your husband and your your kid, but now your mom that went on public and then the most escandaloso show, which is exactly. El de la Flaca. And, you know, and it's so funny because as you were, I was hearing Lily Estefan, who's one of the, who's the yes, host, uh-huh. her and El Gordo, I could feel like she didn't even want to report on this story. They're like, disculpen que, like, I could feel they didn't even, she should. they didn't even feel right reporting this story because of how respected Kobe's legacy is. There's no is. fucking integrity in that. Ugh. There's no integrity in that because, see, and that's what happens when you work for, a fucking network. You got to do work. what they want yeah. you to do. You have to say what they want you to say. Essentially, you're their puppet. You say yeah. what they want you to say. Trust me. You act. I how know you about want that. To, they, you act how they want you to act and you don't say what you don't want to say. It's funny you say that because I was coming up here listening to our podcast. Um, chapter uh, episode 11 of season three. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a it's fucking hilarious. Hoop. I was literally <laughs> laughing so hard. I was crying. And I'm like, I, I crack up even more because it makes me laugh that. I was there and we said it and it still makes me laugh. Yeah. But anyhow, I was thinking how a lot of times when you were in traditional radio, you would hear a lot from people like, damn, we wish you would talk more. Oh, all the you know? time. But the, the more years you spent in radio, the less you were able to talk. And it was more about like just a quick little drop and then play the music, play the yep. music. But and I think that's one of the reasons why people are connecting so, so much with our sister, sister, the podcast, because we do what they want to hear on traditional radio, but because everything's so money driven, which is exactly why El Gordo de la Flaca did this to try yep. to get the ratings because the more scandalous, the better. Um, exactly. I hope it backfires on them. I hope they get, I mean, they, they reported on so much dumb shit though. And never backfires on them because and, people are salacious and they like that. shit. And it's like, you could really see the closed minded Latino mentality. When you go on those comments and you read like, Oh yeah. Oh, a, la, a, a una madre nunca se le, you never turn your back on your mom. And I'm just like, dude, why is everybody going against her? Like, Oh, because just this irritated lady, me. This is the, she ep- play the victim. Exactly. It is the epitome of the victim culture. She went on no makeup, gray hair like groba de cualquiera you know like she didn't look elegant in any way so i started looking back at pictures i wanted to see pictures of them because an article that i read said that she was at one point vanessa was really close with her mom and she went with them everywhere and like when kobe retired she was there on the sideline and she looked great she always she looked, looked great nothing like what i saw on i Gordon couldn't la believe Flaca. when i saw the video i was like what happened to this lady yeah i was like what the hell so what got into me, her like Vanessa doesn't seem and I don't know her right I'm just empathizing with her from just a woman's point of view if she was on board with supporting her mom for the last 20 years alongside of her husband like that mattered to her I don't think it was Kobe's idea no I'm I think sure she probably said like hey listen this is my mom's situation I want to take her. care of her can we and Kobe being Kobe's was like yeah of course we're gonna help her you know um I don't see her just because telling your mom, well, guess what? Kobe's dead. Kick rocks, mom. It probably was just at a point in time where things were so overwhelming. I bet you there's been days when Vanessa just wakes up and thinks, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Let me just burn oh, this God. fucking house down. I'm, I'm and sure she go, does like you know that what a I'm lot. Saying? I'm sure but she does But then she probably like looks at her babies and be like, okay, no. I have three, three girls still here that need me. Let me 
dip into that strength that it's it's literally like a supernatural strength because i don't want you to ever be in this position but if you any mom that has ever been out there that has been faced with a really fucked up life situation at the moment and still having to care for your babies you literally get strength supernaturally to go on with your day you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah like and then imagine doing that times three and then imagine having a mom barking in your ear or questioning about your finances yeah. and, and then, then what imagine- are you gonna do with this and what about me and are you gonna still give me alimony what about the house like right. what like you are so fu- I, I i being i love my mom but i would be I like love mom, my mom too you are so fucking inconsiderate and i would probably talk like that like don't you understand that I'll, i just I'll lost kobe you. and Gigi? like fuck get out of my house like you are so inconsiderate Actually, that sounds more Who like knows? what i would say me i mean listen at a point of losing so much bitch i would lose my cool yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I would, remember uh, even when Joey ugh. died and we were all so, so young. We literally had to give you a tranquilizer. Do you remember yeah. that? At Joey's funeral? Yes. Because I the the weight I mean, the of the whole situation. So right. The weight of the whole situation. Like seeing Joey's mom be like a zombie because she was so medicated. Seeing our brother so hurt and not being able to do anything for him seeing the casket so little seeing our parents in the same room because remember they had their their was separation recent. was very very recent it was a lot it was, it was so much we had to tranquilize you and it wasn't even your own child oh imagine now fast forward to your age now because i think you and vanessa are about the same age yeah and having made a life with this man for 20 something years because they got engaged when she was 17 teenage years old. love man imagine this beautiful life like he just retired we've been through some shit like we're in a good place now and boom it's gone and now you have to figure out how to do life by yourself and you have this mom here who should be your anchor and your pillar and is not doing that for you i mean i mean my my mom i hope they reconcile i hope they can look past it but some things literally are unforgivable and you went on my weakest moment and you gossiped about me oh my god i like my mom i was thinking about that because my mom you know like my my mom's kind of like she's gotten recognized she would never for being our mom and you know like people kind of fan out on her sometimes and but my mom i was thinking about That's the whole weird. situation A i was stick like up your booty hole and you're fanning out <laughs> <laughs> but my mom i was thinking about it i was like my mom would never do that she would never like like she automatically knows like no matter how much money they put on the table. And I have a feeling that they straight up paid Vanessa's mom to do this. I do too. But are you, are you, you're going to really tell me that that's what you're about. And I'm happy. I'm seeing that's what you're about, that you're going to damage permanently the relationship of you and your daughter for what, 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 what could they have paid her for that? Interview? Let's just say they maybe, gave her 20,000, maybe 20, I was going to say 25, maybe I was, exactly. I was going to say 25 for 25 racks. You're going to sell out and fuck up permanently. A relationship with your daughter, I would never. But my mom, I was thinking about, I was like, my mom would have never done that to me. No. She would be like, listen, mija, they call me from Univision and they're asking me, oh my God, like, this is so fucking weird. If you, let's say that happened, right? And let's say you put my mom out of your house for whatever reason, because you were just in a bad place. My mom probably wouldn't have called you. She would have probably called me or Joe to be like, hey, listen, they called me from Univision, blah, blah, blah. And we would have talked to her. And then my mom would have never done it. Talked to you. But she would have never done that. Yeah. My mom has integrity, though. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, I'm sorry. I feel sad that Vanessa's mom felt that that was her only option to get her daughter's attention. But it was the wrong thing the to wrong do. The wrong way. 
the wrong fucking way to do it. Anyways, I'm healing. I'm sending healing energy to Vanessa. I don't know what her relationship with her mom in the future is going to be. It's kind of sad because she's a girl mom. Yeah. And I'm sure she's going to want to like, damn, I got an amazing relationship with my daughters, but I can't even talk to my whole mom. But how do you trust somebody that goes behind your back like that? I know um, her older sister, Sophie, she's very private. She doesn't even have social media and they're very close. So I don't know what her relationship is with their mother. But if anybody's going to be able to help them reconcile, I feel it would be her. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you make up, though, from like betraying somebody so deeply? I would I in your most vulnerable moment, I would require my mom to go back on public record and say, look, I fucked up. Yeah, that's how I would know she's sincere and she's ready to move forward in in a relationship with me. If she didn't and she proceeded now to write a book. Oh, or to do more interviews, then I would be like, I'm drawing a boundary and see our culture. We're not taught about boundaries. So when you see somebody do what Vanessa did and say, look, this is enough. I cannot tolerate one more minute of you right now. Leave me alone. Instead of saying like, oh, damn, that bitch is strong. She just drew a boundary with her mom. Like, good for you. People say it as, oh, she's being so disrespectful because you thou shall never tell your mom what's up. No, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to uh, a life with boundaries. Yep. Listen, I, I don't know, but let's switch it up to toxic positivity. I know, <laughs> which is actually what the what this whole episode was supposed to be about. But we, I guess we have a lot to talk about. We do. I don't feel that our sister, sister, the podcast listeners mind. Listen, and you know what? I think for season four, we're really going to take into consideration doing Tuesdays and Thursdays two episodes like yes. one episode on tuesday one episode on thursday um an hour each yes i think people want more of us and because you know what what did somebody tell you i hope you guys never run out of stuff to say yeah and- she said don't do more than one ep- episode a week if that if you're gonna run out of things to say clearly she's not paying attention <laughs> because <laughs> we say too much we also thank you guys for sending us emails um at sister sister the podcast at gmail.com because a lot of your guys' emails also make us marinate on, on you know, content for the show. Yeah. And we thank you because you guys are always part of the conversation. But, you know, life is always in session, whether it's through pop culture, whether it's through our own life, uh, whether it's through just people that we talk to or engage with on a daily basis. And I love it because in our podcast, we don't even necessarily have to drop names. It could be like, listen, somebody I met at the nail shop. Right. I don't want to burn you. But I'm definitely going to use that story on the podcast. Right, right. We get so much good content based on our own personal experiences, but also on life in general. Yeah. And if you pay attention, there's always and I'm pretty sure even this this topic, toxic, positive, toxic positivity Positivity. came in via email um, because I looked it up because honestly, I had never heard of the term. Me either. But then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, my God, that's genius because this is what we see right now. OK, so I what think is we see so much of this? OK, toxic so positivity, toxic positivity. What do you what does it sound like? OK, so to me, toxic positivity, when I when I just hear the term, I think of somebody that is always positive no matter what, even when life is not positive, mm-hmm. even when life is um you know, just they're just like everything is good and everything is good versus like saying, you know what? Shit is fucking fucked up. I choose to have a good attitude towards this shit, right. but it's not always good and it's not always perfect. I just, you know, 
So to me, toxic positivity is somebody that's overly positive. Yes. Right? So what it is, toxic positivity is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. Yeah, so I you nailed it, it. I right on it. the head. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, Ugh. minimalization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Yeah. Because guess what? Every day isn't a good fucking day. It's not. Every week isn't a good week. Every, I've had a really hard month. Yeah. You know, and then three months, three weeks leading up to this month. So a month and a half. However, I acknowledge that it's been shit, like really emotionally hard. I, I acknowledge and I respect my feelings, but I choose to still go on and have good days. You get yeah. it? Because a good day doesn't equal, a, a, I mean, a bad day doesn't equal a bad life. Right. But some people think it does. Right. You know, and like, I, oh my God, my life is that? ruined. And you're just like, bitch, it's just a breakup. Didn't you post that recently? Like, yeah. This is your seat. This is a season. This is not your life. God, it's like, you know, just like fucking f- summer passes. So does the situation. Right. It's going to pass. So just like anything done in excess, when positivity is used to cover up or silence your human experience, it becomes toxic. And there's a lot of that on social media. Yeah. You're, because you're disallowing the existence of your feelings mm. and you literally fall into a state of denial because you're repressing your emotions, right? Because and the, if, tru- the truth is like we're flawed. Human we are. beings are not perfect. And if only people understood that the true definition of authenticity is not denying your emotions, right. not denying like, listen, y'all. Um, as much as I love being single, I do crave to have a family. Right. You know what I mean? But shit, the dating, <laughs> you sent me something the other day. I said, the dating pool is full of piss. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, damn, sis, you nailed it because you know, it, it that was, was you know, or being told constantly like, man, what your, your standards are too high. And I'm just like, I don't want to settle for a dude that ain't fucking emotionally in touch with himself when I am right. It's going to cause a problem. And I know it will. Right. Duh. And that's you being in touch with your emotions and not constantly being like, oh, no, everything's amazing. The sky's so blue. The birds are singing so beautifully, even though the world is falling down around you, you know, or like your world is falling down. Yeah. Like the 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 truth is like we all get jealous, angry, resentful and some of us greedy. Right. And sometimes life feels like it just fucking sucks. Like it's you're just in a hamster wheel and it's never, ever going to get better. But by pretending that everything is perfect and positive all day, we deny the validity of your genuine human experience. Right. Straight. Because our life is composed of amazing moments of shitty moments of easy moments of hard moments of beautiful moments of ugly dark moments like that is life that is everybody life. listening right now could look back at their i'm 43 i look let's say my first memory starts at five i could look back at the last 38 years of my life and tell you the darkest moments the happiest moments all the things that i just said and yeah. that is what makes life so amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So when you see people on Instagram and, and it irks me, like I was telling, was I telling you this? Yes. Remember when we were on the yacht last Sunday and I told you somebody was talking about like um, sound chimes and like, like 
being in like this bliss all the time. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I'm the, like, for oh, me, oh, yeah, that the, shit is we're, fake. We're talking about like the sound bowls and somebody yeah. that we follow on social media. And and you were talking about that's you were like that's why I don't follow that person because a sound bowl and all that isn't gonna really help you process like true trauma. Exactly. You're like maybe when you're past the trauma, right, and you're in a healing phase, it will. But yeah, I know what you, that's what yeah. you said, right? And for me, like that is so unfair to sit here and constantly be like, "Hello, good morning, everything today is fabulous." No, it's not. Bitch, I woke up and my house was burnt down. Yeah. Like, your fucking bowl chime is going to get my house back. Yeah, like, like get real with I it. I need tools that are going to help me deal with this loss because today sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Anyways, so a lot so of now people we know. don't so know. We don't fucking like sound bowls. <laughs> okay. Thank you for coming. Don't bring a sound bowl around episode. this bitch. She'll be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> give me some hip hop and some fucking bubbly. <laughs> Listen, for me, that's better. Yeah. Hip hop. You know what I did throughout my divorce because I was the most angry. I, I think all the anger that I had harbored for so many years just came to the surface. And I didn't want to get arrested because I wanted to be around to raise my son. Kickboxing. Yeah. A, a sound bowl for me, throwing it and shattering it would have been more effective at that time than listening there and like, chime, chime, chime. Yeah. Fuck you with that chime. Yeah. But kickboxing for me, it was violent. It was aggressive. It was what I needed it's because what that's needed. how I was feeling exactly. at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people fucking feel that. Yeah. And you it's know? okay, bro. Be If you're angry, be angry. But the beauty of this is learning how to channel that anger and not be reactive to the anger. That's the trick. Like, that's the magic sauce. Yeah. Um, a lot, And a lot of people don't know how to identify it because if you are down in the dumps and you see a super hyper positive person you sort of want some of that so you think like oh my god like how can i do that how can i get they don't some really of that? identify that it is also toxic to be overly positive it you is know? it is and you know what to me like i could identify that on on instagram people that are like people always think i'm positive and i'm like they're like how do you and i'm they like clearly I, don't want watch your rants i i motivate myself and i i don't wake up happy all the time but I do choose to understand and know and put myself in a position that anything that I'm going through has a purpose. I may not understand it. I may not like it. I may be confused about it because a lot of times I am confused about how life plays out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck, man? I want it my way. Mm-hmm. Like now. Welcome not, to the club, sister. You know, you know what's one of the biggest, which it's it's so crazy. And this is me just at one of the things, those cliche things that you hear that says, God's timing is perfect. Oh, but you my don't believe God. that. And I do believe it. I know it. you believe I that. I do believe it and I know but when it. You but want you it know now. What? That shit fucking gets annoying <laughs> when you're like, listen, <laughs> fuck God's timing. What about don't my timing? Don't say that, Raquel. No, and no, I mean, oh, hell and, no. And, you're going to hell. Listen, no, I'm not. I don't want to God stand knows by you. my heart. God knows my heart. I do understand God's timing is perfect. I get it. I live through that. But the human experience is like, listen, God, like, whose time are you on? Like his I, own, you know, it's called God's but, timing. But that's the human experience and being able to say that. Oh, like, yes. Not necessarily saying like God's timing, Susie, God's timing. You know, no, you understand that it is God's timing, but you acknowledge your own frustration. Yes. Your own um, impatience the, that you don't understand and your own inability to understand to always accept, I should say. 
that God's timing. But there's people, what toxic positivity is, is those people that do live in that space of like, it's always God's timing. And, and, and to deny that you have those true feelings of like, listen, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why God's timing is is the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's toxic positivity. You know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. toxic positivity is always living in that space of like, God's timing, God's timing. Real life is saying, I don't understand God's timing. And I'm, and I'm frustrated about it. And I could admit it. Right. You know? So it's there's funny. a lot of people that live in this like, oh, it's perfect. And God's timing and accept it all. And it's just like, well, that might work for you, but you also might be in denial of what you really feel. Right. I'm over here being a realist about it and you think I'm negative. No, I'm just real and I'm acknowledging my feelings. And there's one thing about being you there's extremes to everything, right? You can be toxic uh, you could be positively toxic and you could also be a pessimist where everything is always wrong. Like yeah, I don't both like of those like that. things, but both of those things are unhealthy. Finding a health, a, a happy medium is where we should all strive to be. And it's easier said than done. And we don't always get it perfect. But I feel like I said in our last episode, episode 11, people look and say like, God, how I want some of that Susie, or I want some of that Roxy, but I could never. Yes, you can bitch. Like I really wish to God I would have recorded myself 10 12 years ago to that nasty negative angry person that i was you know what i'm saying yeah because you were i know and but it was because that's where i had that's where i needed to be at that moment to walk through to get to where i am now you know what i mean yeah absolutely so how do we identify uh toxic positivity so you can identify if a person including yourself is a positively toxic person if um you're constantly hiding or masking your true feelings mm. it's okay it's okay no it's don't be good. that it's okay girl or, Try- or you know what how about this this is a how how you doing great right that's like that they have big crying head yeah. under their eyes. how's your how, how are you great are you really great like nobody like like that shit is so robotic you go to the store how are you great have a good day thank you like everything is mm-hmm. so you uh, know what it is too but imagine saying how are you i'm having a fucked up day oh well, my I husband hear that. just left me you know i found out i have an std oh my god I my fucking totally babe, my last kid is pregnant imagine really pouring out your feelings like to yes. the world listen michael mother shami is that person for me like <laughs> She uh, she's who I call. And it's funny because I called her this morning because I was having a minute and I told her, like, thanks for always being my person. Like, I really appreciate that you make space for me all the time. I would literally die if I didn't have your you to talk to, you know, because she's a mom. She knows the ins and outs of what everything I've been through, you know, and she said and I said, and I'm just being a sore loser. And she was like, no, you are uh, acknowledging your feelings and you have not lost like you've never lost. And I love Shami, too, because she's worked on herself and she's getting yeah. she's not like a toxic person that you're getting, you know, feedback. Yes. from. like Shami's so done the important. work. Yeah. If you're going to have a comadre or your go to person, um, make sure they've done the work, too, because exactly. the last thing you want to do is get advice from somebody that's so toxic. And you're right. just like, oh, yeah, girl, like, no, bitch. No, no, no. You need somebody that's going to keep it real. And I know she will. And yeah, as she will, will you and as will my mom. I think my mom maybe would tiptoe a little bit just because 
You're her daughter. and She's yeah. always going to take your side. Yeah. Period. Um. Okay. So trying to just get on with it. Right. Like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Again, that's D- another missing emotions. Yeah. That's another form of masking your feelings, not addressing your feelings. Like that's on to the next, on to the next. Everything's good. No, bitch. Like literally this behavior causes disease. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think enough people like really break down the word disease. Everyone's like disease. But like if you really, um, you know, disease is a two syllable word. It's like dis ease. Okay. Dis ease. There's some type of dis ease in your body. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what undealt with emotion turns into. Another identifying, um, another way to identify this is feeling guilty for what you for what you feel. Okay. Why would you feel guilty for what you feel? Because you're trying you to feel. always be positive. That's so if true. You're, if you find yourself feeling guilty for what you're feeling, um, or or like your your sincere your sincere truth, then that is you trying to be positively toxic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this um, is my truth. This is what I feel. Even if people don't agree with it, this is how I feel, and right. I'm gonna be unapologetic about how I feel. Right. I don't like you, bitch. <laughs> minimizing other people's experiences with your like with feel good quotes right like somebody's over here telling you their whole life story their whole world just fell apart and you're just like oh but you know tomorrow we live to see another day no bitch acknowledge that that person is hurt you know sometimes saying nothing is better don't you agree yeah i do or it's kind of like so what I like to ask people too, it also like sometimes when it, with the devastating situation, you just got to be that sounding board, I feel. Mm-hmm. But um, I also do know that in talking to a lot of women throughout my life, more women, right? Because we talk to a lot yeah. more women. It's kind of like a lot of us are, are taught like to point the finger. So what I what I will do in sometimes in in situations is like, OK, so I hear you. I hear you. But what's your part in this, too? Right. You know, and and. But that's, sometimes that's when you that's that's a real homegirl that's telling you things yes. like that because sometimes people want to just like oh yeah girl well fuck him and fuck and it's just like no but you have to know your audience yeah because if I would have came to you on my most broken day and vent to you and that's what you would have received me with I was not in the space to receive that that's not what I needed to hear at that moment yeah now months later when I already had some growth and then I was bitching about the same fucking thing three times already. Then I would expect that. Like, okay, hold up. What is your role? Because all I'm hearing is a merry-go-round of emotions here, Susie. But at the moment, you know, when I'm like, ah, I'm drowning. That's not, like, you have to know your audience. What you said is fair. And you should be able to talk to your realest homegirls that way. But we have to know our audience to when to say that. Yeah, you know? sometimes just being heard with somebody not responding at all. And like... Try, How many times have you said that to me? Try practicing in frustration that with somebody. Just listen. Yeah, just try try practicing that with somebody where you just like, I'm gonna listen to you, and it you is literally hard. shut the fuck up. Even though you're drawing all these, crazy you're actually really good at that. Yeah, and and it's people think I'm not good at that because I do like to talk, but like when I need to be when I need to be a sounding board for you, I'm like throw up on me because I know that I'm not going to get attached to what you're telling me. Right. Because it's your story. And because you're healthy. Yeah. But also don't you feel like for me, cause I know like my comadre, my two comadres that I talk to the most, 
um, about like my my mom shit. Especially. I love your Tuco Madres. Yeah, they're cool. So, but I do have to check sometimes because I know their story too and their circumstances. Like, hey, are you good? Can we talk for a minute? Because if they're having a heavy day, I don't also I don't want to throw up my shit on them. You yeah. Know? But if they're good to go, then please listen to me because me tengo que desahogar. You know. Yeah. You know what helps group text messages? Oh yeah, like I love our family group text. This for me is very therapeutic. Our podcast, um, don't you love it? I love it. I I love because it's, the truth is is like to everybody that that maybe has thought about doing a podcast. I feel like a lot of times people think a podcast has to be perfect, and and I the, mean ours is very close, bitch. <laughs> no, very close. But I just feel raise your hand if you're. Okay. I just feel like people feel like everything about it has to sound perfect and it's the truth is behind sister sister the podcast this is a really free-flowing almost very few edit edited conversation like this is really what the fuck we hear is what it is we're not over here saying oh my god we got to take this out and we got to put this in like this is what you hear is what you get you know but I I i listen and i'm like oh shit i was eating i can hear myself eating my phone always goes off. Yeah. I've but heard the doorbell. I've heard the dogs bark. It goes, it goes back to toxic positivity where people are so concerned about their imaging and about, mm-hmm. about their image and, oh my God, what are they going to think? So we got to take this out. We right. Got, that, 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 that's not what a podcast is. A podcast really should be a free flowing conversation of two genuine people that are speaking real shit. Mm-hmm. And don't you think that like social media influences this toxic positivity toxic yeah. why can't i say I, this i don't know because you've been drinking rose bitch, <laughs> bitch my tongue is like a, a knot but social i feel social media influences toxic positivity because when you see the influencers especially like the ones that only that that literally get paid to post about Listen. how great life is all you see them post is their amazing vacations, their beautiful body, the wonderful food they eat, their amazing partner, their flawless outfits, their dope house, their fly car. Like their abs you never steel. see them really just be themselves. Like, do you know how many times I've gone on and done a video with no makeup on? You know, I can't stand the word influencer. That, okay. that, that this is a rant almost but we at the end of the podcast. No, but the thing is, this is no, 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 no. We influence. Let me tell you why I don't like that word influencer because everybody thinks they're a fucking influencer. We're not social. Uh, well, I'm not a social media influencer, but I am an influencer because by way of this podcast, yes. we're changing lives. Bitch. But you know what you are? Let me tell you what you are. Like, a bad bitch. I, no, a bad, yeah, a bitch. bad bitch. But let me tell you what you are. You're a voice. Oh, see. Right. See. So like when people are like, oh, you're an influencer. What do you do? You're just an influencer. And I'm like, no, no. I started my career in radio in 2000. She literally flipped her hair. Yeah. I started right my career. I love when you give people the visual in 2000. <laughs> and I realized that I had a voice and that my voice was powerful and that I could use my voice to in to influence my community, to educate my community, to uplift. The fact that people want to label me an influencer is is like get weva, but I'm like I'm a voice and I'm a woman with a strong, powerful voice, and I know how to use it. I love so that. So that's what it, that's what you are too. The, the word influencer. Because yes. let me tell you, there's people that use the word influencer and they can't even sell a 19.99 hoodie. <laughs> like tell <laughs> that's me the truth. I've I've talked to influencers that are like, oh yeah, hi, I'm so and so, and I'm an influencer. I'm like, what do you influence? What exactly do you influence? That's a simple question, and they get offended. What, 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 what do you mean? 
Why? Who even came up I'm with like, that term? Yeah. What are you influencing? What What are you influencing? Instagram? Jumping on the bandwagon and um, telling people to buy uh, skinny cheese is not necessarily influencing. It's how you may pay your bills. But there's so much more to life than that. Like, I'm very careful who I partner with or who I choose to endorse on my end. Because literally everything that I have endorsed is because I've used it. Correct. And I've seen results for it. Okay, you know so we mean? all know skinny tea don't work. It's a Have big, you seen this nalgas? Have it the big nalgas. These nalgas. It's a big fucking gimmick, y'all. Like if you want to have a great body or you want to feel good about yourself, it's not by giving yourself diarrhea with drinking a skinny <laughs> tea. You know, you might as well just drink probiotics and have a healthy gut. Yes, that's more important. But skinny tea, go to the 99 cent store, get yourself the slim detox and have diarrhea for seven days and stay no. home. No, thank you. You won the 99 cent no, store, bitch. Because back in the days, I used to freaking believe I know. In, the, in the Asian detox teas. And, and I, you used to I would give them be, to me. Remember, I was like 300 and 300 plus pounds. And you were like, Susie, this is going to make you skinny. I would and be, I would die with chorro. I would be on the air like, <laughs> oh, my God, I got I would like pre-record my breaks, have my intern like air it because I was like taking I'm a dying. shit. And I'm like <laughs> diarrhea. That it's not that's not the healthiest way to lose no. weight. It's it's the way and you actually eat. when you use diuretics like that, it. It weakens your intestines. It does. So your colon. You will, it makes it yeah. lazy. Yes. People don't know that. Lesson of the day. Okay, let me finish this shit because, damn, we get sidetracked so much. Yeah, how do time. I identify toxic positivity? I think you were talking about minimizing other people's experiences with feel-good yes. quotes or statements. Okay, right. what else? Um, You're trying to give somebody perspective. Like, oh, I hear what you're saying, but it could be worse. Basically what we were just saying. Like, yeah. There's a time and a place to say that. Yes, you should get to a point in in that situation where you could say that, but at the moment when somebody's drowning, not necessarily the time, right? Shaming or chastising others for expressing frustration and mm. or anything other than positivity. So it would be like me telling you because you choose to tell me something real and raw and honest and be vulnerable for me shaming you. But like, oh my God, Raquel, are you kidding me? Everybody fucking thinks you're positive and this is the bullshit you're coming with? Like, no, bitch. Yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And shame on anybody that treats anybody that way. Because everybody should be able to express their true feelings at any given fucking time. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Brushing off things that are bothering you with uh, it is what it is attitude. Oh, God, I can't stand that phrase. I mean, although it is what it is, but when somebody says that phrase to me, especially a man, I'm like, it is what it is. Last time you okay, fucking talked to me. I'm going to show you last, what it, it is. It is what it is. And you just lost the real one. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. So it is proven that being a toxic, positive person can actually w like um, manifest health problems. Because I could see what that. it boils down to, right, is that you're stuffing your genuine feelings and emotions to create a, a, an illusion, you know, of a facade. Right. That's the word I was looking for. So it, when you are a toxic, positive person, you often feel shame. Right. So that sounds like an oxymoron. You because feel if you're shame always to... positive, how could you feel shame? But this is like internal feelings. You know how people say like, oh, I'm fighting my own demons. Yep. So when you're a toxic, positive person, you often feel shame because you're forcing yourself to have a positive outlook in life 
when in reality you may experiencing some pain. You're dying on the inside. Right. You may, you're forcing yourself to stay silent when in reality you want to fucking scream your tits off because you're that pissed off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Most of us, most of us don't want to be seen as as like oh a wet rag, a party pooper, a drag, a right? A weak woman, right? Especially that, especially that. I mean, if we were to put up a poll right now, would you rather be fake? Would you rather be viewed as weak or strong, or fake or weak? I guarantee you, a uh, weak would not be the winning poll here you know yeah yeah because nobody wants to be that right um being a braver honest or pretending like everything is great we're probably going to choose like everything is great especially when we're not comfortable in that circle right or well, that i think that goes down that boils back to vulnerability and i mm -hmm. think both men and women struggle with vulnerability uh -huh, a like, lot so it's i don't know who the fuck taught us this that vulnerability is a weak characteristic, but who my taught us that? gosh, I, I don't know where that comes from. I think that really comes like it comes with what we learned in the home, you know, like the man's role is to always be strong and always oh. got to have it together. And then the woman too. like, I don't know, but whatever, when that characteristic vulnerability is really a characteristic of the strong. So we need to really unlearn what we've been taught about the term vulnerability vulnerability is so beautiful it can lead to such amazing intimacy with mm -hmm. you and a man mm -hmm. um it's so beautiful even, to me even between you and your parents yeah you and your siblings you and your girlfriends like it i can feel really... like we have vulnerability with our parents oh yeah like i i could sit there i, I went to chill with my dad the other day and, and our stepmom and i was telling my dad like you know, a, a situation that I was going through. And my dad's like, yeah, so my dad what? always gasses me up. My dad, my dad gasses me up. <laughs> my dad's like, mira, si yo fuera tú, ah, si fuera yo también. And like, he, he, like, my dad gives me props. My you know? dad gasses all of us up. Like, that's he why I love to call my dad. Up, man. He's like, man, vos sos una, una mujer así, y fuiste una mamá así, y ese cabrón para allá <laughs> y, y tú puedes hacer lo que quieras y blah, blah. like he always I love talking up. to my dad he always tells the boys he would always tell Robert and Booga when they were really small listen you don't need to have a girlfriend for more than three months okay <laughs> yeah. three months and that's it and then you get yourself another girlfriend life is way too short for you to be with just one girl I was telling my dad I think I'm gonna adopt a kid he's like adopta yo te ayudo a crear ese niño no te preocupes listen I'm about to be 44 and my dad's y, like y cuando vas a tener otro he's hijo like, y si quieres viajar aquí déjame tu hijo tu hija o los dos si quieres adoptar dos I'm like he's the best I man. wish but everybody had a dad like us our dad is amazing We're like seriously season four he has to be here. We need to commit to getting our dad. I think he's a little shy. No, he's not. Okay. My I'm dad is not shy. He he yeah. will come on here and he's going to he's going to share shit that we probably won't even know. Like what? I know. Oh gosh. I can't wait. I can't wait. So listen, if you've ever wondered like the energy source of shame, like if you feel shame, it's because you're silencing yourself. You're holding on to secrets and you're literally judging yourself. Ugh. Right? So to break it down, when you're hiding shit and you have secrets, denial and shame are what's driving you, mm, right? Mm -hmm. And why would you want, like, why would you intentionally set yourself like that? I could understand up to this point, right? Let's just say up to when you hear this podcast, 
that's how you were living. But boom, a light bulb goes on. Now you fucking know that this is how you're feeling and denial and shame are what's driving you. Now it's your time to explore that deeper, figure out why and come out on the other side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no accident that you ran into this podcast to help you in your life right now. Like it's really, it's really beautiful, man, because there are, you know, I get women that write to me like, you know, Roxy, I ran into your podcast with you and your mm-hmm. sister by accident. And I'm like, oh, there's no, no. accident. Honey. Yeah, I ran into your account on Snapchat on accident. No, there's no accident. This is the light bulb that you needed. And mm-hmm. this is God talking to you through Sister Sister, the podcast, through my Snapchat, through my Instagram, through Susie's Instagram, whatever. Perfect timing. God's timing is perfect. Of course. Right. As, as much as we're like, what the hell? OK, God, I know you see me. Thank you, boo. I know this. <laughs> you call God boo. <laughs> Thank you, boo. <laughs> this lady yesterday on, on my DM was like, hey, can you guys do um, talk about vision boards or like wish boards? And I said, actually, we're doing a live series, a, a live event on this. Um, the details will be posted. She's like, OK, good. Thanks, because I'm trying to buy a house and I, I keep on looking and putting in offers and nothing is happening for me. Yeah. I said, well, you know, you also can't outwish God's timing. Yeah, like you can't outwill God's timing. You're doing the footwork. Keep on doing the footwork. You're out there doing your part. What's right for you will come to you. You know, like God's timing is perfect. So you keep on doing what you're doing because she's doing the footwork. But you can't outwill like you can't vision board out vision board. God's timing. It is yeah. going to happen when it's the perfect time for you to happen. Yeah. By the way, our virtual vision board wine party is going to be Saturday, October 24th. It's going to start at 2 p.m. And it's probably you better be there, girls. And it's going to be on our Instagram live and um, maybe probably. maybe Facebook. I'm not sure. Your Facebook. My, maybe my personal Facebook, but Instagram live for sure on right. Sister Sister the podcast, the our Instagram page. Um, it starts at 2 p.m. You cannot log on if you aren't flashing a bottle of wine to us. Mm-hmm. you got to have Chardonnay. And only a bottle of wine, please. Do not flash us anything else. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, ladies. October 24th, put it in your calendar. Yep. Thank you. Come again. You know, and oftentimes, dude, we don't even know that we're feeling shame, right? So because we're so accustomed to feeling this way, right? Like we oh. don't know that we're angry because we're so used to being angry. We don't know that we're... Um, silenced or that we don't know how to use our voice because it's just we're so used to operating that way yeah so one way to know is if you're feeling shame is ask yourself if you know people knew x y and z about me what what would they think if that brings you any type of shame or discomfort then that means you are not living authentically like mm. you're living um, in that shame culture yeah right which is part of that toxic positivity i don't want people to know that my marriage is not healthy right now i don't want people to know for example i don't want people to know that my son moved out because what are people going to think they're going to think that i'm a bad mom hello i brought him to adulthood of course i'm not a bad mom yeah it's It's just what naturally progresses another phase in life that he's that he's living but how many people would be in my position that's why i wanted to talk about that rant today Yeah, because how many people would be in my position and automatically revert back to that emotion? Like, I can't say what the truth is happening in my house because I am ashamed. People are going to think I did something wrong. Fuck. No, I didn't. No, you know, you know, when I really learned that lesson and I've never appeared to be perfect to anybody because I am far from it. 
But people were like, oh, my God. I'm like, bitch, nobody's perfect. Bitch, I wipe my feet with Clorox okay? wipes. Yeah. But <laughs> when I really learned that lesson of vulnerability and really putting myself out there and realizing not to live in shame when I got dumped three years ago in the relationship that I was in. Oh, I remember that. And, and I know, hated that video. I hated that. You know, I it was not easy to make. But I have a but friend. But I know I helped a lot of people. I have a friend that she actually challenged me to do that video. And she's like, you know, let's be honest, Roxy. I was like, what? And she's like, as real as it gets. Yeah. Right. Shout out to my girl, Sky. She's like, the Sky. truth is, the truth is, is as much as you want to sugarcoat it, as much as you want to talk about it, the way the truth is, is you, you got, got dumped. dumped. I remember. And that. I was like, just crying. Like, how could you be so heartless? Like, what the fuck? Like, and she's like, you got dumped. You know how many women can relate to that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, she's like, the part that hurts you the most is that it's never happened to you. And you've never, you've never been dumped. So it's not only is it hurting your heart, but it's hurting your ego because you're Roxy. And I was like, oh my God, this bitch is now, now she's like really talking. <laughs> okay, Dr. Phil. I was like, shit, like everything <laughs> she was saying, but she was like, don't be, don't feel shame. She goes, because you are going to realize Roxy that after you do this video, not only is it going to be therapeutic for you, but your audience is going to open up and it's going to broaden so much because so many people are going to relate to you. And to this day, that YouTube video is my highest viewed YouTube video on my channel because so many people were like, I got dumped too. But I think there well, was there was a lot of shame us. in that because I'm like, I'm a good woman. I'm successful. I have my shit together. I like, and I got dumped. Like, like, how I am I going to How am I going to admit that I got dumped? But I had a friend, a real friend, encourage me. You got dumped, Raquel. There's no other way around it. Say what happened. You remember my dad? And I was like, oh, my My brother called me on that my video. My dad gasses us up so much. He called me immediately. He's like, que es esa mierda. My que, brother, I hadn't even too. seen it. I'm like, que pasó? He's like, ese video. Ese video que puso la Raquel. Que es esa mierda? No. Ella tiene que, basically, I'm going to say it in English. She needs to fix her face and she needs to be that bitch like he didn't call you a bitch but yeah. he's like ella no tiene que enseñar que ese cabrón la, la herió like no ella es fuerte ella es I'm like daddy oh my god para empezar ni sé de qué está hablando let me go do my you research you hadn't even seen the video I hadn't even seen it I'm like let me go do my research and I got it, a call from my brother he was like why did you put that video on YouTube that, he ain't like, shit like, like why would you and I'm like but again it goes back to like being vulnerable and and you were being your true your true authentic <laughs> self true, at that moment my true yes your true authentic true. self oh and, my gosh i literally spilled the whole bottle of water bitch what do you mean like it's literally spilled okay so look oh i even M-G. got i even got a call that from, from that video you guys if you haven't seen this video it's on my youtube channel it's titled i got dumped it's when i got dumped three years ago but i had a, i even got a call for my second ex-boyfriend and he was like, I cannot believe what I just saw on YouTube. And I'm like, what? Which out of all. Which, you should have said, go which, talk to your mama which about co- it. Which cookie, which cookie video did you like? He's like, <laughs> you, he's like, I just had like three of my customers that knew that you and I dated. Show me this video and how embarrassing that you would let a ma-. And I was like, everybody was so surprised to see me vulnerable. And I was like, this is how I knew that video had to be done because nobody had ever seen my vulnerable yeah. side. I was like, wow. And actually, so I there got was a lot that of shame. feedback too. I got that feedback too from one of my clients and they were like, you know, I really like how Raquel self-corrects. Well, they said Roxy. I really love how Roxy self-corrects. Like she'll, she'll call herself out. 
I when do. she sees something that she's doing ain't working, like she'll call herself out. They've caught you doing that a few times on the podcast and they, they appreciate that because it boils down to, to that. Like being positive is great. Being positive is amazing and it's necessary, right? Like walking around with a fucking gray cloud over your head and always looking at shit with the half cup full isn't productive, right? For a long term, but acknowledging and, and respecting your feelings right now as they're happening is it right? is it is um suppressing our emotions is another thing that we do when we want to be this toxic positive person and it psychological psychological studies have shown that hiding or denying our feelings actually leads to physical stress in our body oh god i 100. literally have a client that at 34 years old had a fucking heart attack healthy woman in all other aspects it. but because she was living under such stress and she needed to keep this facade that everything oh was perfect her ass ended up having a heart attack i didn't see her for a bit and so i figured because she comes from the valley so i figured you know from the valley to norco that's a long drive so she found another hairdresser like no big deal happens all the time and then she reached out to me she was like hey i miss you i want to come back will you take me back and i was like of course saw her and she explained to me everything that had happened i was like i can't fucking believe it I like can. If you would see her, she's so pretty. She always looks so put together, like physically. Um, designer, everything. Like you would look at her and think, like, damn, this chick is fly, you know? And designer, everything doesn't mean shit. But what I'm saying, like on the outside, she had this facade going on, but on the inside, she was literally killing oh herself. My. Matter of fact, the people that I've, uh, that I, most, uh, yeah, designer, everything to me is like the number one sign of like, that you broke. What's up? <laughs> You know, like, what's up for reals? Like, right. maybe a few items here and there, I, whatever. But people that really got it ain't flossing like that. No. Look at um, those, look at Steve Jobs. They ain't flossing you know, like that. Part, I know people Prius. that are beyond wealthy that drive hybrids. You know, being able to express our emotions, like, in a broad range, right? All of our non-positive emotions, either it be using your words, your facial expressions, crying all of that literally helps to regulate the stress our stress response in our body yeah right like 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 what you did with that video it was probably it it didn't get like the best reaction from people that know you personally but on a personal level as a woman that was going through this it helped you really so much that you didn't have a fucking mental breakdown oh my god you know? thank god but or see, an emotional breakdown for real friends right that encouraged me to 100% step out of my comfort zone. And the reason it happened was because my girl Sky, she was like, you know, because I went to her when I got up, when I broke, when this whole thing happened three years ago. And she, and I was like, <gasps> like, you know, when you're crying so hard, you're like, you can't even yeah. breathe. Like, <gasps> yes. Your nose gets stuffy. I'm I like, literally <gasps> did that last week. Oh my God. And then she's like, can I tell you something? In the 12 years that I've known you, I've never seen you cry. <gasps> and I was like, what like what does that have and to do with Chiona? Uh, yeah and i was like what does that have to do with because usually her and i talk about business right. you know so it's and i said what does that have to do with what i'm talking about and she's like it feels so refreshing to see you cry like, like you're i human, know bitch, you're, you're real. a robot right and I, she's like i've always known you're real you're one of the realest ones she goes but this that i'm seeing as your friend of 12 years is like whoa like roxy goes through real shit and i was like that 
hit me in a different way. I was like, that's crazy that she's telling me that, you know, she's like, so imagine what your audience that follows you from radio days from 20 to 2000. Imagine what they think. They see you as a strong woman that never lets anything get to them. Like you got to make this video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, give me three days, bitch. She's like, all I'm giving you is three Challenge days. accepted. Come. She's like, I know you ain't you ain't trying to put a lot of makeup on because all you do is cry. She's like, but come in three days. If you don't come in three days, we're not recording this video. Right. And I was like, I was there. Got it. On the third day. And we <laughs> recorded that video. And it was so hard, but it was so needed. And that's so good because, like, the real truth about life is sometimes it hurts. Yeah. Sometimes life comes and sucker punches us straight in the face or takes the wind out of our gut and we are left with these feelings of anger and frustration and sadness and what happens when we suppress those we actually literally manifest anxiety depression and literal physical illness yep. isn't that fucking wild you know it's not because what you don't talk hey they say you're as sick as your secrets exactly and we learned that in the 12 step you're program. as sick as your secrets so whatever you're not letting out it's manif imagine imagine whatever you're not letting out right now just to get this visual right here whatever you're not letting out is turning into like this big ass tumor or like a sewer. imagine imagine it's turning into a hernia oh, God. A, a tumor some type of mass that you're like oh i don't know this fucking weird mass is growing like imagine I know there's women right now like, yeah. oh, my God, they're looking at their mask thinking, what? Yeah. The, that's that. That's the hate. That's the anger. Yeah, it Seriously. is. It manifests outwards. Absolutely. Um, the importance. I don't think you guys understand, like the importance of acknowledging the reality of our emotions by verbalizing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, by moving those emotions out of our body. And how do we do that? By opening our mouth and saying what the fuck it is we feel. And that doesn't mean you have the green light to go and be a complete and utter dickhead to whoever hurt you. It means you have found an outlet to express those feelings however you need to, giving you the mental clarity to now go back and address the person that hurt you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that should also be done, right? If you have the ability to, if that person, for example, is dead, there's other exercises you can do. Like we have done many times at a sister circle. Um, if, if an exercise that we've done is actually writing down all of your emotions and your feelings and your resentment and your hate and whatever it is that you're feeling on a piece of paper. And if your offender, for example, is dead and you can no longer, um, confront them, right. or Let them know your true feelings, right? Then you put it out on paper you read it out loud to yourself in front of a mirror um, or to another person if they're open to that and then you burn it. And that symbolizes you letting that pain, that hurt, that person go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is doing shit like that is what actually keeps us sane, dude. It keeps us healthy and it re literally relieves tension in your body. That is often caused by suppressing the truth. You know, and you feel lighter. Absolutely. You literally feel lighter. Once we honor our actual genuine feelings and where we are, that is us. Imagine yourself giving you a big fucking hug. Oh. That is you embracing all of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The good, the bad and the ugly, because face it, that's what it is. Right. When you're not a toxic, positive person and you see life for what it is, you're honest about it. Sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's ugly. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's a big we're, balance. It's a big balance. Absolutely. And then the last thing that we do, honestly, 
is we isolate. I do that. I do that sometimes when I'm going through shit. Yeah. When you deny what the fuck it is that you're going through, you begin to live in inauthentically. So one thing is isolating for the day because you need a minute to regroup. Yeah. Sometimes thing, I do need a day to just like. Absolutely. There's times that I don't go on Snapchat for like, you know, 18, 24 hours. People are like, are you okay? Like, is everything Nobody's okay? Nobody's ever asked me that. And, I'm, and like, yeah, yeah, because I'm on Snapchat a lot. I That's know. like my number one platform. And I'm like, listen, y'all, if I were to ever get kidnapped, if I go on Snapchat and post like, y'all, I just got kidnapped, I would get rescued in a minute. Bitch, I would find you. You know what I'm saying? For real. Half your sister turn on locations <laughs> on you and you will never go missing. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, you you literally isolate yourself from yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So when, when you deny the truth of what's going on in your life, you lose your own connection with yourself. So how if you're not connected that? with yourself, how challenging is it for other people to connect with you and relate with you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are all signs of what toxic positivity looks like. Um, I think because this is the end of season three, we should go a little bit longer with this episode. Give the people a little bit more of what they want. Yeah, we've already been on for like an hour and 40 minutes. I know. Minutes. Raise your hand if you want us to go longer. Raise your hand. The audience said yes. Raise the audience your, Remember that yes. commercial? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if, if you're, you're sure. sure. <laughs> what was it for? A deodorant. Yes, you remember. Hello? Okay, so listen. Let me break this down to you. And this I did find online because I thought it was a good example of how you can offset toxic positivity so that you live a more balanced life. Okay, you know? yeah, break that down. That's important. Right. So, for example, a toxic positive person will say, don't think about it. Stay positive, right? A non-toxic non validation tat would be, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and describe what you're feeling? I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, how different is that? Like, vent. Right. I want to hear you. Right. Another one, um, Failure is not an option. How oh, many times no. have we all said that though? Listen, like what failure I, is not an option. What I do know about success is that if you want to have a great relationship with success, I'm sorry, if you want to succeed, you need to have a great relationship with failure. Absolutely. Because most of the time you're going to fail yeah. before you succeed. Yep. So that's bullshit. Failure is actually part of the growth and success process. Oh my God. It is. Absolutely. Um, positive vibes only. No. How about... I'm here for you, both good and bad. Yeah. And I think that is key to a lot of relationships. Like a lot of times we want to be around people and there for people when everything's going good, like Vanessa and her mom. And the minute one of us is struggling and the other one isn't emotionally equipped to deal with that, boop, got to go. Yeah, or no. I'm sorry, this doesn't work for me anymore. I don't know how to handle you. You're only always ever positive. So now that you're not being positive, you're not feeding me and it's always all about me, so yeah. I gotta go. Instead like, of that's adapting, bullshit, instead of know? adapting, like fuck. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but Vanessa's mom, nah, like that's very, ugh, like that lady should fucking know better. Yeah, this one too. If I can do it, so can you, right? Not and really. I know, I know, I've said that a lot of times because I know that it's true. What is not true is you're making me want to text a couple of people right listen, now. Listen, you're giving you're giving me this urge to text. Okay, a couple bitch, of I'm not trying to get you to fight. <laughs> no, no, no. So like, with that one, I agree to an extent because I do feel that everybody is on the same playing field. I but I also acknowledge that everybody's timelines are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you could probably re probably relate because it took me umpteen fucking years to wake up to my own greatness right in that first really marriage that i was in 
where you were out here probably looking at me like, damn, bitch, like, don't you see what I see? It took me, I had to wake up to that on my own timeline. So I do believe that, I do believe that if I can do it, you can too. However, with the respect that you'll do it when it's your time, just like I did it when it and was And when mine. you're ready. You get it? Yeah. Um, look for the silver lining. People say that a lot. All the time. You know? Um, and I'm really good now at seeing the silver lining for myself. But if I'm in my feelings or I'm having a moment and all you want to do is tell me about my fucking silver lining, I'm going to shove that silver lining up your ass. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you're going to say, um, it, no, what you really should be saying is I see you. I'm here for you. Right. Like, just talk. Yeah. Like, sometimes you got to be that friend that you let your other friend just emotionally throw up on you. I'm that kind of friend that you could emotionally throw up on me because I don't get attached to people's stories. No. And, and, and you know, I don't care if that comes off as heartless because I'm not heartless and I know that about not. me. But I, it, you could throw up on me and I don't get, like, you know how there's people that are empaths and they're like, oh, my God, I, I feel everybody's problems. I'm not that bitch. Yeah, I'm because, not And I think I learned that. I don't know if it's because of the career that I am that I've heard so many stories and so many people have opened up to me about like some real shit. That's, I think that's one of the favorite things I love about the career path that I've chosen is I've met so many people from celebrities that have opened up to me like, whoa, right? I remember one time I interviewed um, Ramon Ayala and he opened up to me about something that I was like, whoa, like I could legit do a exclusive for the El Gordo y La Flaca, but I won't. Because he, I don't like El Gordo de la Flaca. Yeah, I don't like them anymore either. Like, I'm over it. Yeah. Lilia Stefan should know better. Sell out. But anyways. Um, I said what I said. I said what I said. I lost my train of thought. Anyways. Oh, that you going. love you love um, this part of your career. Because yeah. I, I just feel like it, the stories that you hear from so many different people, it's like, imagine if I got attached to every story that I've heard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would be drained. Mm -hmm. I hear it every day. Something heavy, something happy. And I'm like, that such is life. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I and I, I learn from it. I admire. I acknowledge. Thank you so much for opening your heart with me. But I definitely don't get attached to people's stories because it's not my story. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't own other people's problems. I can feel for you like I can my heart can go out to you and I will pray for you, but I don't lose sleep over other people's problems. You know? Yeah, I, I don't either. Yeah. Um, and, and lastly, it could be worse. Like, um, obviously, it could be worse. My son moved out. OK, it could be worse. He could be blah, 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 blah. Like, OK, I know that logically but fuck my feelings are telling me that my feelings are hurt right now yeah so, so what we gotta say is that sucks i'm so sorry you're going through this right just just hear me yeah just you you know one thing i do know and i was talking about this with one of my girlfriends the other day that she loves science and everything is science to her and she's like one thing all human beings crave and we're gonna end it with this because this is actual and factual one thing every single human being craves in this life is to be seen. We want to be seen. Yeah. You know, not even necessarily heard. We want to be seen and we want our feelings to be taken into consideration. And so when you're not seen, it's just like, fuck my life. Right. Because nobody sees. I really you. don't like when people say me that. either. But I, I'm, people really feel that way. I know. But just if you're that person that is like, you know. It could be worse. You're telling people it could be worse. Like we know that, but give people the dignity to be seen.
because that's yeah. all they want. You could literally be a lifesaver for them mm-hmm. because all they want is to be seen and heard. You don't know how many times, like from the biggest things to the littlest things, people, women have cried in my chair, you know, and I'm so happy that I'm grounded enough to not get awkward or uncomfortable. But I have had women open up about some heavy ass shit in my chair where I'm busy, for example, foiling and, it, and they stop talking abruptly and I look up and they're just bawling. While you know? you're doing their hair? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, what a blessing that I don't not only get to make them look beautiful on the outside, but I'm giving them a place that they a place where they can cleanse them their insides if they need to. Yeah. You know, and even to something super superficial where a woman, for example, recently felt so COVID has helped made her feel so ugly because she hasn't been able to keep up with herself, you know, um, and she's a friend. Not like a super close friend, but like an acquaintance, right, from um, football. And I got her in to to see me, and I did her hair. We changed her whole look. And she's always had a problem with aging. Like, she doesn't love the fact that she's getting older. Literally, I turned her around because I wanted to position myself on my mat correctly so my back doesn't hurt at the end of the night. So it just so happened she wasn't facing the mirror. And when I turned her around to look at herself, instantly she started to cry. Oh, like and I was like, wow, like this is such an amazing feeling. People, like you said, they just want to be seen. They just want to be acknowledged. They want to feel. And my my chair, your career, this podcast is that for those people. You know what I mean? Even if through the podcast, we don't get to tangibly see them or talk to them, but we will in December. We will soon. Don't you Um, worry. I think they still feel our authenticity so they feel that connection like it resonates with them yeah you know? like you know what i'm not the only one going through this shit yeah i'm not the only crazy one like wow yeah this is why our podcast gets shared to so many it's other women i you know shout out to all the women that write to us and say oh man i got all my comadres i got all the girls that work listening to you guys my sister and i listen to the podcast together like those messages man are so satisfying for us to hear because we are reminded every single episode of what our mission was when we started this podcast, which mm-hmm. was to truly um, not only share the special relationship we have as sisters and saying, hey, you can have a difference of opinion and I'm still going to fuck with you. Did I tell you that somebody wrote to me one time in my DM and they're like, I love how you and your sister. No. I don't exactly remember the verbiage, but she's something along the lines like it surprised her that you and I could disagree on many different levels and actually still get along. I'm like, wait a second. I, you know what's surprising like, to me? We are not the same person with the same brain. Yeah, you know what's surprising to me is sisters, I can't do that. Like, why do I got to agree with you? Yeah. Like, you know, that... Although you did some, say something this morning that was fucking the best thing you've ever said in your whole life. Oh, yeah, I, I have did. to read it. To oh, my God. But I, we- sent you, I sent you something on Instagram and you said, oh, damn, she needs an older sister. And I was like, that is the smartest thing you've ever said in your whole fucking life. <laughs> But it's true. Like, even though I know as older sisters, we often think that we know it all because we've been oh, there, God. done that. Yeah, you do. You know what, bitch? But you don't always know it you all. You me? I just take off you, your hoops. Take off your hoops. I just let her think she knows it all. And I'm like, no. okay, sis. Okay. Listen, oftentimes we think we know it all because we've been through it. 
That doesn't mean it's going to translate the same in your life. But in our head, yeah. just like with our kids. You're looking out. Yeah, just like with our kids, like, been there, done that. Listen to me because I already know what's going to happen. So when you said that, I was like, finally. No, but honestly, honestly, that one girl that, yeah, she does need an older sister. Some women do need older sisters. They do. And if you don't have one, then let us be your older sisters. But shout outs to this last uh, Are you reading this one? That just came out. No, because we need to wrap this up. Listen, I'm going to go long. Sorry, people. No, fierce queen mama. She says, I might be weird for doing this, but I recently stopped listening to Sister Sister, the podcast. Not because I don't love it, but because I do. <laughs> I was, I was okay. like, okay, elaborate. But because I like waiting to have more episodes to listen to. I will be listening to Sister Sister, the podcast when I have four or more episodes <laughs> that way i don't run out of episodes to listen to i hate waiting a week for a new episode can i make a suggestion that we get a bonus episode once a month please i love you ladies <laughs> your words inspire me to be better fierce queen mama we love you thank you, you see for being she's a weirdo my motivation for giving you a longer episode today how else are we supposed to celebrate the end of the third season all right fuck it Come on, what, bitch. what what is this an uh dm this or is, no email? this is an email okay so Trying to end the cycle was the um, subject, the subject line, you know, and I have to be really honest lately. Okay. I'm a hairdresser by trade and I'm a podcaster as well, but I'm not Dr. Phil. Lately, I have been getting the longest DMs. I'm not joking. Like six, seven, like little boxes. sections. I'm like, I'm not reading this. That's a lot. I'm, I have a family. I have a clientele. Like, I'm not reading this. If you need something extra, please funnel that over here to Sister Sister, the podcast. And I promise you, between three seasons, we've answered your question. Or La Susie, La Susie Consultation Services. No. If you, you know what? Therapist. You need to stop. First, you want me to do a fucking YouTube channel for hey, cooking. Charge, now you want me a consultation. No. Charge $250 an Listen, hour, bitch. Let me tell you in Spanish. No. <laughs> okay. So what her subject line okay. says what? So trying to end the cycle. Okay. She says, hey, sisters, I want to first and foremost give you both a huge thank you for using your platform for the greater good of women slash everyone. I come to you for advice. I have been working on myself inside for many years. I grew up in a dysfunctional family with an abusive, addicted father. My mother was a stay-at-home mom until I was around seven years old. My father's addiction sent our lives upside down for many years, and he was murdered when I was 13. Ooh. Growing up in this environment was rough, to say the least. It caused many traumas to myself, my siblings, and my mother. Looking back to the past has brought me to a realization. I was raised to hold on to pain and trauma, to fear huh. the world and view it from a victim's point of view. As I mentioned before, I am learning to retain my thinking and experience life from a victor, survivor, healed point of view. Unfortunately, wow. my mother is perfectly content with continuing to invoke her anxiety, victimized point of view of everyone. She is not willing to accept help or change. What can I do to continue to grow in peace? She evokes this in every aspect of her life, her voice tone, language used, thought process, which is absorbed by my children and sometimes myself. I want to see her happy and healed. If you have any pointers, please help. I appreciate you and everything you are bringing to light with love and light always. Wow. So for me, I thought that was really sad because I feel that this is very true for a lot of people, especially as they start to listen to our podcast and they start to feel more empowered 
um, yeah, they will be weighed down by the burdens of their parents, especially because I mean, our parents are from different generations mm-hmm. and they don't, you can't even expect your parents to see anybody that's born in the fifties. Cause a lot of parents of our listeners are probably born in the fifties. Right. Mm-hmm. They see things in another way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not a lot of those parents that are willing to say, I'm going to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I have a problem. Your dad's an addict, right? Like I feel like the first step to any type of healing is recognizing there's a problem. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, 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 but recognizing it and admitting it, because I think a lot of the past generations, what they do to thrive and survive, it's not even thriving, but to them it's thriving is denial. Mm-hmm. The first thing they do is like, what, what problem? Like there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Obviously our generation sees it, but our parents' generation, they live in denial and it seems to be like a surviving mechanism tool. Don't you yeah. think? Yes, I do, tennis shoe. Yeah, and you know what? I think that sometimes that really could be the problem on why mother-daughter relationships, father-daughter relationships, father-son relationships don't have that like bonding ability because we see things with our generational eyes and then our parents are stuck in their ways and it's just like, how do you, you know, we're blessed to have parents that get us. And even if they don't get us, they let us be, figure it out. Yeah. Hundred percent. Bueno, we've been chatting for a long time on this today's episode. High five, sis. High five. On ending season three. I'm super excited to see what season four, five, six, seven, eight, girl. twenty. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a shit ton of DMs about girls talking about. I'll see you in December for your birthday. Yeah, no, we're like, okay. Listen, we're going to do everything in our power with our team to make a live event happen. It's only going to be for 50 women. See, you could fly in from Texas, New York, Chicago, New Jersey, wherever you listen to us from. It's not just for L.A. girls. It's just going to be in L.A. Maybe. Or Southern California. Maybe it could be a weekend thing. Maybe. I mean, if they're going to be flying in from out of state, I why mean, are we just going to give them one day? That'd be cool, like a, an event on Saturday and then like a brunch on Sunday. Mm, that's you're awesome. giving me ideas. That's your favorite thing to do, brunch. I get ideas. Brunch and bubbly. Yes. All right, y'all. We love you. Thank you so much for rocking with us three seasons in a row. We're we really rocking and rolling, baby. We're really taking into consideration doing two episodes beginning season four so we really want to super serve you guys because you know we know you can't get enough of us cannot get enough (laughs) i already started warning pre-warning my clients i'm gonna be retiring in eight years retiring in at 50 good i'll be retiring at 50 they're like what i'm like listen you have me for eight more years or we know. Well, I Six have you for years. the rest of my life. Thank God. I said I'm retiring. And I need to get touched up in two weeks because these grades are aggressive. On that note, we love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>